Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. This week we have a solo episode and we are going to be covering the movie Harry Potter, which was just, I feel like words can't even express how big of a deal this movie and franchise was. Maybe I'm saying that because I'm a millennial. I feel like, you know, there's all those jokes about how millennials are like obsessed with their Harry Potter houses and things like that. But I feel like the younger generation still likes Harry Potter and the older generation too. Everyone likes it. I really cannot stress enough just like how big of a deal this series was and we're going to get all into it. So first, we're going to cover a little bit of general info about the show, just like, you know, a little recap of what Harry Potter was and how it was such a big deal and why it was. Then we're going to do some fun facts about the movie. And then, of course, we're going to do blind items and recaps on all of the actors and actresses in the show. Of course, we're going to do the main three, um, Harry, Ron, Hermione. But there are other blind items we're going to cover on Draco Malfoy. Voldemort had some insane ones. Luna Lovegood, of course, the author, J.K. Rowling. And then there was also some drama in between, like, different members of the cast and things like that. I was just, let's just say I was a little bit like, oh, are there even going to be blind items for this? And like, holy shit, there were like a lot. So without further ado, we're going to get into it. All right, let's dive into the world of Harry Potter. First and foremost, first and foremost, there we go. I am going to be putting up on Instagram um, some info about all of the houses because yes, I'm a millennial and I did grow up taking BuzzFeed quizzes being like, you know, (laughs) tell me about your favorite type of cheesy snack and we'll tell you what Harry Potter house you are. And I have to say, I think I would be a Ravenclaw, not because I'm smart, but because I am like weird and creative. And a lot of people think that Ravenclaws are the smart house. They're also the house of the weirdos, Luna Lovegood, things like that. Also, I'm sorry, but isn't it a little bit cringe whenever someone's like, oh, I'm a Slytherin, 100%. I'm like, I don't know. For some reason, it kind of cringes me out a little bit. I wish I was a Gryffindor. I don't think I'm brave enough. I actually have recurring dreams where I have to go to war and I hide in an attic. What do you think that means? <laughs> so I don't think I would be a Gryffindor. Um, maybe I'd be a Hufflepuff. Who knows? So let's get into how big this series was. Harry Potter, of course, was seven books, and they ended up making um, eight different movies. The last movie was a two-parter, where in the first part, they essentially just like went camping for two and a half hours. I remember watching the movie and being like, they really didn't need to drag this out into two parts, but we'll get into how much money this entire franchise made. If I was them, I'd probably be like, yeah, let's, let's drag it out for as long as we possibly can. This thing is a gold mine that we have to milk. But the most amazing thing about Harry Potter was uh, back in the day, I remember my brother and sister dressing up and going at midnight, not to the movie theater, but to the bookstore to wait for the books to be released. And like, I don't know, it just makes me really nostalgic. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I'm kind of, you know, constantly talking about how I think social media is evil and like it's rotting our brains and people are trying to get us hooked on, you know... (laughs) phonics hooked on all this technology um but it really is just nostalgic of like we all loved books more than we do today anyway so dressing up with your friends and like going to the bookstore and just all of these stories like I just remember breeding bringing Harry Potter with me on vacation and like I you know I could not be pulled out of the book and I just I kind of miss I miss 
everyone all reading the same book and talking about it. And even now, right? Like when we watch a TV show, we don't really talk about it. We just go on Reddit afterwards and check out the forums and see what people are saying. So I don't know. I'm, I'm nostalgic for the old days. So the seven books came out by J.K. Rowling, and they ended up being turned into these movies, which of course just, you know, emphasized and made everything so much bigger. But what's really interesting about the Harry Potter franchise is it did so much more than just the books and the movies. I really can't think of another franchise that's done it as well as Harry Potter has. Like, for example, Lord of the Rings, right? Like, that was great. I'm trying to think, like, I mean, what the hell else is there? But here's the thing about Harry Potter. They spun it off into other movies, right? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They have the theme park. You know, you were actually able to taste butterbeer, which, by the way, it kind of tastes like ass. And I wish it got you drunk, but whatever. I got it at the theme park. Anyway, you were able to taste the butterbeer. And Harry Potter was so good at keeping the magic of the world alive. The branding was there. The iPhone game. You don't even want to know how much time I have spent playing Harry Potter iPhone games, computer games, video games. They also did a really good job with the website. I, I forget what the actual URL of the website was, but I'm pretty sure we've all been there, you know, where you take the sorting hat quiz online and it tells you what house you would be in. And then you're able to take another quiz online and it tells you what animal your Patronus would be. They just did a really good job of keeping the magic alive, spreading it out, you know, quills robes, scarves, and the colors. Uh, you know, whoever was behind the marketing of it just did a really good job. That leads me in to be like, just how rich is J.K. Rowling because of all of this? So I looked it up. How well did the movies do? It is the fourth highest grossing film series with $7.7 billion in worldwide receipts. And that's just from the movies. And if you're curious, like I am, I was like, wait, which other movies have done as well as Harry Potter or better? So in terms of how much money they've made, number one is the Marvel series. Number two is Star Wars. Number three is Spider-Man. You know, it's only, only ahead of the Harry Potter franchise by $2 million. No, no, sorry. $200 million. Um, then we have Harry Potter in fourth, James Bond in fifth, Avengers in sixth. So I, I was pretty interested by all of that. So how did the books get to be? I remember reading all these stories about how J.K. Rowling would write the Harry Potter, like the very first book she wrote it on bits of napkins at like a coffee shop. You know, everyone has like, you, you just remember certain people's like, oh, and this was when I made it story. So in late 1997, there was a film producer, David Heyman, and they received a copy of the first book, um, which was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And then over in the States, they changed it to the Sorcerer's Stone. So they were like, okay, whatever, let's just put it on a bookshelf. Um, a secretary in the office read it and gave it to David Heyman herself with a positive review. And he originally disliked the title. He said it was a rubbish title. He read the book and he was super impressed with it. So they reached out to J.K. Rowling. Everybody was kind of gunning. Like the book just became so huge and children and adults liked it alike that everybody wanted to turn it into movies. So... Some facts about the movies. I think what was really interesting is that J.K. Rowling said that the principal cast had to be kept strictly British. Um, of course, they have some Irish actors in there, such as Richard Harris for Dumbledore. And there were also some French and Eastern European characters that happened in the fourth book where they have, well, you know who I'm talking about, those people. <laughs> I forget the name. Uh, the Be Victor Crumb and the girls in the blue dresses, whatever the hell their names are. So... 
they had to find the main three actors and it took them a really long time to find Harry. And they were looking for this like young kid who both had this innocent look, but also, you know, kind of a haunting look in his eyes. Like maybe his parents had been killed by an evil man or something like that. And it took seven months for them to find Daniel Radcliffe. Um, And they really had to like convince him to try and audition. His parents were like, you know, they're going to be filming in LA. It's going to uproot his whole world. We don't want to do that. Isn't that always a little bit kind of nice to hear, especially after the Millie Bobby Brown of it all and like just so many stage parents making the wrong decisions for their children. They were able to find Ron and Hermione, aka Rupert Grint and Emma Watson pretty quick. Those were from like just thousands of child auditions that they did and both Emma Watson and Rupert Grint had only previously acted in school plays. Daniel Radcliffe had been in I think a movie before. So the directors and the screenwriters changed between all of the different movies and I didn't realize it like cognizantly maybe because I was you know nine years old when I was watching it but the vibes between the movies they really do change. Like the first two movies you know everyone's kids it's so sweet like how sweet are those kids anyway and I just think like golden vibes like gold and red and trophies and the great hall and Christmas and then as it goes to like the third and fourth movies it just gets a little bit darker and grayer and moodier and you know in doing some research on this it was done pretty purposefully to show that you know these characters were changing from childhood to teenagehood so you know things get moody but I don't know about you I I do kind of miss a little bit the magic of the first two movies how they actually did spells and then at the end they would just like point their wand and it would basically like shoot people you know what I mean it kind of went from this magical storybook into a little bit more of you know an action movie but you know, whatever. The great thing about them is there's eight movies. So if you like the vibe of one or two, that's like more than enough movie footage to watch. Now, some interesting stuff about how J.K. Rowling was involved with the movies, which by the way, whenever people speak of her, they just say Joe because, um, you know, J.K. was a, uh, well, we'll get into it later when we talk about J.K. Rowling and her blind items, but that was a pseudonym she created, um, so then that way people wouldn't think that the book was written by a woman because they thought that people might not read the book, which I, I don't know. I, I think that kind of has some legs behind it. So it says here, Clove spoke of his relationship with Rowling when adopting the novels by saying the thing about Joe, which is remarkable for someone who had no experience with the filmmaking process, was her intuition. We had a conversation the very first day I met her where she said, I know the movie's can't be the books because I know what's coming and it's impossible to fully dramatize on screen what I'm going to write. But I just ask you to be true to the characters. That's all that I care about. And he also said back to her, or he said, I don't know what compelled me to say this to her, but I said, I've just got to warn you. My favorite character is not Harry. My favorite character is Hermione. And I think for some weird reason from that moment on, she sort of trusted me. I don't know about you, but I felt very much like Game of Thrones vibes when I read that, just in the sense of, or I guess there's another franchise I forgot about, just in the sense of, you know, if you pick up this book series and you start turning it into something digital when it hasn't been finished, you do worry, you know, how far apart are the paths going to verge? God knows Game of Thrones, um, you know, has been fucked up and like the books aren't even done yet. But I will say I think that the movie stayed pretty true to the books. Um, Okay, some other interesting things about the movies. So in the early days, when you see Hogwarts, um, when you're coming up into it, you know, on the boats and the train and things like that, it was a 
physical miniature. It's like this miniature, like it's this tiny model that they made and you're able to see it if you look it up and they would just, you know, intricately design it and then zoom in on it with special effects. And I don't know why, like now I feel like a total idiot, egg on my face. I thought that there was like a real Hogwarts somewhere. I really did. I didn't know that it was like a model on a desk somewhere in Hollywood. And then, you know, some of the areas are real, you know, the Great Hall or the courtyards, things like that. I always find it fascinating um, when you look at movie magic. Like, I remember watching the behind the scenes for the Love Story music video by Taylor Swift. And when she is like, you know, staring out at her Romeo in the castle and she goes down the stairs and then runs to meet him. The area she's running to meet him is like it was filmed on a different day, 10 miles away. But the way that they film it, you know, it completely looked like that was the castle's front yard. And it isn't until you watch the behind the scenes that you realize it's a totally different place. They did that a lot for Harry Potter. If you ever want something to do or, you know, if you catch COVID and you have to stay inside for a week, um, check out some of the behind the scenes of Harry Potter. It was really fun to watch all of that. All right. Now let's get into some fun facts about the movie. And these were fun. First fun fact is that J.K. Rowling told Alan Rickman, who plays Snape, about Snape's secret because she thought that he really had to know everything about the character Snape so that way he could play him better and portray him better and know that he wasn't, you know, this true negative character that we all kind of perceived him to be. And this was only revealed to the public like years later in 2011. And then when he died in 2006, J.K. Rowling said on Twitter in response to a fan question, you know, people were asking, what did you tell him? Because he had only said that she shared a tiny piece of information with him. And she said, quote, I told Alan what lies behind the word always. And that word always, you know, is referring to how Snape described his eternal love for Lily Potter, which by the way, I remember as a kid, I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. He loved Lily Potter. And now growing up, I'm kind of like weird. You know what I mean? Like, move on you know what I mean like she got she was with someone else and then she got married and then she had a kid like I don't know attachment issues anyway okay this fun fact really sent me Russian lawyers have claimed that Dobby the house elf is based on Putin you heard that right so lawyers in Russia threatened to sue Warner Brothers following the release of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. This was over the elf character that was named Dobby. The lawyers were of the view that the character, which was described in The Guardian as bald, floppy-eared, pointy-nosed, bug-eyed, was based on Russian President Vladimir Putin. No one was actually sued, but the association has not dropped off. In 2015, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson compared Putin with Dobby. What the fuck? Despite, he said, quote, despite looking a bit like Dobby the house elf, he is a ruthless and manipulative tyrant. How interesting is that? All right, another fun fact is that the producers wanted to give Daniel Radcliffe green eyes and Emma Watson buck teeth because that's what Harry Potter and Hermione had in the books, but that wasn't able to happen. Daniel Radcliffe had a really bad allergic reaction to green contact lenses, so he couldn't wear them, and Emma Watson couldn't speak clearly wearing buck teeth. I always think that's interesting. I know that Amelia Clark, who played Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones, her character is supposed to have purple eyes, but the contacts also messed up um, her eyes, which is interesting because I've worn colored contacts before and they never really bothered me, but who knows? 
Another fun fact is that J.K. Rowling was actually supposed to have a role or she was offered a role in the movies. So she was offered the part of Harry Potter's mother, Lily Potter, because, you know, she's only in the movie a little bit. Like she shows up in the mirror that, you know, shows you what you desire most or things like that. Anyway, and she opted out saying that she was not cut out to be an actor, even if it was just a small role. I actually think that would have been fun. I think it's kind of fun when, who's that artist that like paints himself into his paintings? I literally can't think of it, but you know, I just, I always think that's fun. Another fun fact, Robin Williams was a huge fan of the books and he wanted to play Hagrid when he found out about the movies being made. But because of J.K. Rowling's request that the cast only have British actors, he was not allowed to audition interesting. Another fun fact is that the owls in the movie were actually trained to deliver mail and it took months to train these owls um, but the production team was actually able to get owls to carry letters to the actors and to make it even more real the production team hand wrote all of those Hogwarts acceptance letters you know the scene in the first movie where the letters are like flooding the Dursley house and they're like you gotta come to Hogwarts. Anyway, they hand wrote all of those, which how fun would it be to like be an intern on the set? I always like fun facts like these when you find out that certain lines were improvised. So there's a scene where Draco Malfoy turns to Goyle and Goyle is wearing glasses. This is after they take Polyjuice Potion and Goyle says that the glasses are for reading and Draco says, I didn't know you could read. Crab, Goyle, where have you two been? Picking out in the Great Hall all this time. Why are you wearing glasses? Uh, um, reading. Reading? Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could read. Anyway, and Tom Felton says that he made that line up on the spot because he couldn't remember what his line was. Okay, we have a little bit of a Maddie from Euphoria moment here, or a Jackson from Hannah Montana moment here. Moaning Myrtle, she plays this, like, lonely... <laughs> Moaning Myrtle... Anyway, she plays this like lonely teenage girl ghost in the Harry Potter movies who like hangs out in the boys' bathroom. Very like Tina Belcher, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because doesn't Tina Belcher moan (laughs) in Bob's Burgers? Anyway, but the actress who played her, Shirley Henderson, was 36 when the movie came out. Isn't that interesting? I mean, she did look older than a teenage girl, but 36 is, uh, you know, to use TikTok lingo and always round up. That's pushing 40. (laughs) So I wouldn't have thought that she was uh, 36 in that. Okay, one of the on-screen romances, this isn't even a blind item. We'll get to blind item romances, but one of the onset romances was that Ivana Lynch and Robbie Jarvis dated for about a year. And Ivana Lynch plays Luna Lovegood and Robbie Jarvis plays... Harry Potter's father, James Potter. Um, But before you think that it's freaky, he plays the father when he's like young and in school, not when he's like older. I don't think so, at least. I I looked him up and he looked young. So I also found this fact when I was looking this up. It's like, oh, J.K. Rowling gave her characters names that reflect their roles in the series, you know, because Harry is the Middle English version of Henry, which is a name that's popular among English kings during the centuries. And Ronald um, is the name of an old Norse 
you know, advisor and things like that. But I'm like crying because like reading this article, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe you gave the characters names that reflected their roles. But what about naming the only Asian character Cho Chang or the Irish characters naming him Seamus Fennigan? <laughs> or I think there was a black character named Kingsley Shacklebolt. That's like, um, I, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like naming a Hawaiian character like Luau Maui or something like that. It's just like, <laughs> I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. Like if I was JK Rowling, I would be like, let's not make articles about this because I don't want people to know about it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about it because I was looking it up. And the actress who played Cho Chang was on a podcast a couple years ago the Chinese Chippy Girl podcast, and she said that she did receive racist abuse from so-called fans when she was cast, um, but she was discouraged by publicists to talk about it. So she would say, um, you know, like she would tell her publicists what she was experiencing and what these fans were saying to her. And she says, quote, I remember them saying to me, oh, look, Katie, you know, we haven't seen these websites that people are talking about. And, you know, if you get asked that, just say that it's not true. Say that it's not happening. And I just nodded my head. I was like, okay, okay. Even though I had seen it myself with my own eyes, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just say everything's great. Anyway, so that's really interesting. And it's interesting too that in the books, there are themes of racism in the books, right? Naming aside the concept of pure bloods, mud bloods, half bloods, um, things like that. I just remember when reading the book, it was always these lines that would say, um, they spat mud blood. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? It was always like, you know, your mud blood Draco sneered or like the Malfoys spat like, cause you know, you know, if you're trying to write and you don't want to say said, he said this, you know, you could say he shouted this, he whispered this. And it was always, they spat mud blood and they sneered mud blood. I just remember being a kid reading that growing up. And then they also have, you know, Dobby, the house elf, you know, the house elves are slaves. And there was that whole theme. I think it's been years since I read the books where Hermione wanted to free the house elves. And then it was like, oh no, they actually love being slaves, except Dobby didn't. I'll have to go back and, and reread all of that. Let me know what your thoughts are on it. Anyway, I definitely think that the naming of the characters are definitely out of pocket. I mean, of course, I'm glad that there's diversity within the book, but I think the names are absolutely out of pocket. I would also be interested in like kind of just a rundown of diversity in literature. Like back then, I don't really know that much about literature. So I'm curious, like, you know, that now that movies and TV shows are more diverse and things like that. Of course, if you watch the Sex and the City reboot, sometimes they're like too much focusing on those themes. But, you know, in a normal way, right, where movies and TV shows are now having more representation, I still I still feel like I see barely any Asian representation in the TV shows that I watch. But I'm curious where that's been for literature and if there's been like a movement for that. If anyone is reading books, let me know. It makes me so sad. I used to live in libraries as a kid like I always had a book on me everywhere I went and now it's like once a year I read a self-help book and an alien erotica book and if the self-help books would work then I would stop reading the alien erotica books <laughs> and then that would mean that it would cut my reading in half all right, so we are going to get now into the individual characters, actual information about them, and blind items. And, you know, I look all over the web when I do research for this stuff, and it was very interesting because in all of the gossip forums and things like that, people were saying 
you're not going to hear that much gossip about the Harry Potter stars because this franchise was so well protected that they didn't want any of the characters' images to be tarnished. So if a star did something bad back in the day, there would be, you know, non-disclosure agreements, people paid off, things like that, because this franchise was such a crown jewel to protect. For example, something that we'll talk about is Daniel Radcliffe's drinking problem, and I think not a lot of people knew about that. There was also a time that Emma Watson got out of a limo and she was snapped with no panties on and like that kind of went underneath the surface and things like that. So keeping that in mind, let's get into it. All right. The first person we are starting with is Daniel Radcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter. Let's go over some info about him and then we'll get into the blinds. I'm Harry. Harry Potter. First things first, he's 5'5". Five five. I feel like we know this. I feel like we all know this. And I'm curious what it is about um, main leading men in franchises being short, I think, right? Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. In Harry Potter, we have Elijah Woods as Frodo in Lord of the Rings. And then we have Kit Harington as Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. And I think that they're all pretty short. So he made his acting debut at age 10, and then the next year, he was cast as Harry Potter, um, and that was when he starred in the franchise. Interestingly enough, both of his parents also acted as children. This blew my damn mind. So for the lead role in the first movie, he received a seven-figure salary for the role, <laughs> which is more than a million dollars. And that was however many years ago. And that's at age 11. I mean, like, am I crazy? But like, goddamn, that's so much money. His parents chose to invest the money for him. But I, I mean, God, I don't know. I guess I just think I remember when I did the Modern Family episode, they talked about how the salaries, you know, start off small at first and then they get bigger. I guess they already knew it was going to be a hit from the very first movie. But I was like, Jesus Christ. And also seven figure salary. I'm saying at the low end, it's a million dollars. That could have been like nine million dollars. Who knows? Who knows? So quotes about him as an actor, they say, Radcliffe is the embodiment of every reader's imagination. It is wonderful to see a young hero who is so scholarly looking and filled with curiosity and who connects with very real emotions from solemn intelligence and the delight of discovery to deep family longing. And what a good job he did do playing Harry, especially like as a young little boy, that boy under the stairs. Like I sincerely believe that Daniel Radcliffe has no parents. I think that he is an orphan. Like to me, he is the boy who lived. You know what I mean? Like he's able to convey this sense of wonder and being different and being a loner, but still being brave and also a good friend. Like he's just done such a good job. Now we have to talk about the time that he got naked with horses. I'm pretty sure you remember this. I know I did. So in the middle of filming Harry Potter in between the movies, there was all of this talk about how Harry Potter, or Daniel Radcliffe, sorry, is, um, you know, doing this play, Equus, and in it, he's like naked, and it has to do with horses. And this was back in 2007, so you know, the way that we talked about people were different. Um, but the way that people talked about him acting in this play, I actually thought that he was like fucking the horse on stage. Like just the way it was talked about as being this like obscene, like crazy, nude, graphic thing. I was like, wow, can you believe Daniel Radcliffe is like jerking off a horse on stage? And he wasn't. It was just like a nude scene. Like, I don't know, maybe he dropped his clothes or something. I didn't see it. But I will say, 
everyone I think took it too seriously and then people were like okay it's fine it's a play whatever but then I was looking it up and he did this at age 17 which you know I don't know I mean I guess you're almost 18 but like I don't know that that is a 17 year old getting naked on stage in front of everyone anyway but this was a move he made purposely to let people know that he was prepared for adult roles and it's this movie where he plays Alan Strang, who is a stable boy who has an obsession with horses. <laughs> LOL, me in middle school. And yeah, it was uh, it was controversial at the time. But then again, nowadays we have actresses in Euphoria who fully are porn stars. So, I, you know, things have changed. That being said, I don't know. He was 17. I don't know how to feel about it. Now, this part I want to share because it's interesting in relation to the blinds we're going to get into. Danny Radcliffe is very supportive of the LGBTQ community. Um, he has spoken out many times against homophobia. He began filming PSAs in 2009 for the Trevor Project, promoting awareness of gay teen suicide prevention. He said in a 2010 interview, I have always hated anybody who is not tolerant of gay men or lesbians or bisexuals. Now I am in the very fortunate position where I can actually help or do something about it. And in the same interview, he stressed the importance of public figures advocating for equal rights. And then, of course, um, in June 2020, there was this controversy with J.K. Rowling's remarks on gender identity and Daniel Radcliffe. He wrote an essay that was published by the Trevor Project in which he voiced support for the transgender community. And he said that Rowling's statements had damaged fans' adoration of the Harry Potter books. So we'll talk more about this when we get into the blinds. Daniel Radcliffe splits his time between London and the West Village neighborhood of Manhattan. LGBTQ, anyway. <laughs> Um, in 2008, he revealed that he has a mild form of the neurological disorder dyspraxia, which sometimes prevents him from doing simple activities such as writing or tying his shoelaces. And in August 2010, he became teetotal, which is someone who doesn't drink. I think that's a British term for someone who doesn't drink. After finding himself becoming too reliant on alcohol, this is also something we'll talk about in the blinds. Um, in March 2020, he appeared as a guest on the BBC radio where he discussed his alcohol misuse during his teens and his decision to become teetotal and how his parents' support and staying in England helped him cope with fame. All right, and now before we get into the blinds, there's just one rumor that I want to talk about. This is just a rumor. It's rumored that he was with a 23-year-old woman at the age of 16 and apparently lost his virginity to her. So if anyone knows anything about that, that was just a rumor that kept popping up, but I couldn't really see anything more about it. All right. Most of the blind items are about him and his drinking. So let's get into the first one from Blind Gossip. It says, this actor got his start as a child actor in a major franchise. Since then, he has managed to take on more mature roles and really proven himself as a serious adult actor. A few years ago, he recognized he had a problem with alcohol and he checked himself into rehab before he did something really stupid. Good for him. He was clean for a few years but fell off the wagon recently. When he's drunk, he likes to start arguments and pick fights. Just interjecting here, some of the blind items say he's an angry drunk, but some of the blind items say he's a happy drunk. So anyway, continuing. Given his size, it's almost amusing that doing a couple shots turns him into a tough guy who likes to throw around the F word and throw a few punches. He is currently very busy with multiple projects. We don't know how he is going to get back on track with his sobriety without causing major delays in production, but we hope he does so before he gets himself into more serious trouble. 
Then we have a blind item from Crazy Days and Nights saying, why yes, that was a very well-known Harry Potter actor passed out from booze on a park bench while out of the country. A passerby threw a ratty blanket over the actor because there was a light rain. Now this is a blind item about Daniel Radcliffe and Marissa Tomei in the movie Trainwreck. It says, it was probably not the best idea to have this B-list mostly movie actor and his delicate sobriety to star in a film with this B-list mostly movie actress Big Drinker. The two have been partying a lot together and the actor's girlfriend says that the actor has stopped coming home at night too. There's a lot more blind items basically saying that you'll go to rehab then kind of fall off the wagon then go back to rehab and things like that. Um, Now let's get into the other genre. I feel kind of icky talking about that you know. I also think too if someone's going to rehab like that you you couldn't applaud anything more than that so I think it's fantastic. There is one blind item that kind of merges these two genres together so uh, Let's read it. It says, this foreign-born former A-list mostly movie actor who reached that status as a tween continues to trot out the woman he calls his girlfriend while he drinks himself to death because he can't face coming out of the closet. And now we have blinds of this variety. There's even a blind about Daniel Radcliffe and Ronan Farrow saying, this franchise actor has publicly denied that he is gay. He is even occasionally photographed with his girlfriend. However, he also has a new boyfriend in private. The boyfriend is the son of two celebrities and is accomplished in his own right. We call him a boyfriend because we don't know for sure if the two men are intimate, (laughs) which is always like so stupid in a blind item. Like maybe they're just fucking friends. Okay, whatever. However, for two guys who are not in the same business and who live far away from each other, they sure are spending an awful lot of time texting and calling and visiting. If the actor is gay, do not expect him to come flying out of the closet. Oh, is that a Harry Potter reference? Okay. In the meantime, these two men do certainly make a very cute couple. I just have to stay. I think they could have done a little better with that. I mean, he lives in a cupboard under the stairs, right? Couldn't you say, you know, he's stuck. Some are stuck in the closet, but he seems to be stuck in the cupboard under the stairs. I I just think you could have gotten more creative with that one. All right, here we go. Don't look now, but this not-so-closeted A-list actor and jack-of-all-trades stepped out with his director boyfriend on the Venice Film Festival red carpet. Don't expect to see any official announcement that he's by soon. He's going to hold out for as long as he can. So if you want to go down to Google on that, Venice Film Festival red carpet, Daniel Radcliffe. This one (laughs) is so stupid. It's from New Weekly Magazine. Which young actor from a highly profitable movie franchise may appear lucky with the ladies? but can only manage to raise his wand for the fellas. (laughs) Now here's one that people were saying is about Daniel Radcliffe, but I don't think it is. It was saying, we hate to disappoint so many teenage girls out there, but we have good news if you're a young boy and have the hots for this teen heartthrob. Although he's made public appearances with his girlfriend, he's basically waiting until blah, blah, blah. He wants to come out. But then it said, once he breaks the mold of the teenage sex symbol and is respected as a more serious talent, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, has Daniel Radcliffe ever been a teenage sex symbol? Like maybe to the horse, but I don't know. I, I, think, I think a no for that one. And then the blinds just kind of, you know, follow the same path. So let me know what you think about that. 
Want more bite for your buck? Every Plate is America's best value meal kit with delicious dinners that don't break the bank. I have been trying Every Plate. The reason I love it is because I am a solo household. <laughs> and sometimes if you want like mustard for a recipe, for example, you don't want to buy a $12 bottle of mustard if you're only going to use a squirt of it. You know what I mean? So I like using Every Plate because you're able to use as many ingredients as you want without breaking the bank like they say there are a lot of meal kits that are basically so expensive that you're better off grocery shopping every plate it sets itself apart from other meal kits because they have the lowest price point i have ever seen so you can try every plate for just one dollar and 79 cents per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code fluently 179 that is everyplate.com and the code is fluently179. We are now going to move on to Emma Watson, aka Hermione Granger. So she was born in Paris, which I just feel like, yeah, I feel like that fits Emma Watson. I feel like that that's her vibe. Her parents divorced when she was young. She attended Brown University in between filming the movies. And it's interesting here, they say she finished in five years rather than four. She only took two semesters off for filming. I'm like, God damn, even regular finishing in five years is pretty impressive. So she got a degree in English literature and not to be like a hater for no reason. I just always wonder, like, what are you going to do with that? You know, not not like anyone who gets a degree in English literature, although maybe I mean, what the fuck am I doing with my sociology degree? But like you're, you're Hermione Granger, you've been acting for your entire life and you still are like, why would you get a degree in English literature? Like, I, well, I don't know. Maybe she'll teach a class one day. Who knows? I just always wonder. So the casting directors were very impressed with her confidence. I'm Hermione Granger and you are pleasure. You two better change into robes. I expect we'll be arriving soon. You've got dirt on your nose, by the way. And that's why they picked her to be Hermione Granger. And I have to say, as a kid, I don't know if anyone knows this, I have very thick, now it's wavy hair. When I was a kid, it was corkscrew curls. I'll have to put up photos. But um, her hair, to me, Hermione Granger was like uh, an inspiration. It was very relatable to me. Same with um, Anne Hathaway playing Mia Thernopolis, right, in The Princess Diaries when her hair broke a brush like that was me as a kid and what I liked too they kind of toned down her hair later on which like you know of course they have to make everyone sexier but they made her hair big and good because so many times they you know they make someone like a little bit awkward in the book and then they make them like a goddamn Victoria's Secret in the movie Victoria's Secret model <laughs> and I'm just always like I don't know like you know you don't want them to be I don't know, like an absolute Shrek of a person, but like, good God. All right, weirdly enough, one of my TikTok videos on blind items that has done the best, I think it has like 3 million views, is the one on blind items on Emma Watson. And I'll be honest, I don't like TikTok anymore. Um, the comments are just insane. And I didn't even read the bad blind items about Emma Watson on there because I knew people would throw, throw, like, throw a fit. Don't worry, I'm going to talk about them here. <laughs> um, and I only included like good ones about Emma Watson. And in that video, I read the blind item that said that she hasn't been in that many movies since Harry Potter. 
and people, you would have thought that I said she was in the KKK or something. People were like, how dare you? They were like, how dare you say that about Emma Watson? Like all she does for activism and you said that about her? I'm like, it's 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 the truth of the matter. Like what has she been in? I don't really consider her an actress. She's a phenomenal activist. We'll talk about all of that. But okay, since Harry Potter, she was in Bling Ring, Barely. She was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. She was in This is the End, but she played herself and she was in it for like five minutes. She was in Beauty and the Beast and she was in Little Woman. Like, yes, those are movies, but those are like small movies. You know, I just feel like you look at someone like Margot Robbie or Timothy Chalamet and they crank out like four movies in a year. So anyway, I don't think it's an insult to say that somebody at whatever. Why am I getting heated about this? Okay. So she's been in a few movies <laughs> since Harry Potter. Um, her activism is off the charts. She's a goodwill ambassador. She's an outspoken feminist. She has her own feminist book club on Goodreads and uh, just a bunch of interesting things. Like I can't even say everything she's done because it would be an entire podcast. This one's interesting though. In July of 2019, she helped to launch a legal helpline for people who have suffered sexual harassment in the workplace. This was interesting too. In March 2017, she got backlash for a Vanity Fair photo shoot where one of the shots had a bit of her breast partly visible and people in the news media accused her of hypocrisy. And she responded to that saying, feminism is not a stick with which to beat other women, but is instead about freedom, liberation, and equality. Adding, I really don't know what my tits have to do with it. How wonderful is that? I will say something interesting about Emma Watson is her quotes are wonderful. When I read what she says, I completely stand behind it 100%. Her delivery, though, sometimes it does annoy me. You know what I mean? Um, I, I have nothing but respect for her, but I feel like the delivery sometimes is a little bit condescending. And I say that as a woman, like someone that she is speaking up for in these speeches. Okay, uh, Wikipedia says that she has been in a relationship with American businessman Leo Robinson since 2019. He's hot. Give him a Google or I'll be posting photos of them together on my Instagram this week. Um, he's hot. I like them together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, also before we get into blinds, a little rumor. People say that Emma Watson was offered the role of La La Land or, you know, the main actress. And um, she was going to be the lead along with Miles Teller, but then they were able to get Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, so they fired Emma and Miles Teller. Who knows if it's real? Let me know if you've heard that. All right, we're getting into the blinds. If you don't like the blinds, don't come for me. Come for the blinds because, you know, a lot of people love Emma Watson and uh, these blinds aren't great, okay? They just... They just, okay, whatever. Let's get into it. By the end of this year, we will hear more about the beginning of the end as it pertains to this foreign-born, former A-list, mostly movie actress, Emma. She was never the greatest actress and was more of a name, but she realized early on she had enough in the bank to not play the Hollywood game. She was lucky as a tween because the project she was working on, the higher-ups were more interested in molesting the boys than the girls. Ooh, that one project, referring to the movie This Is The End, 
which nearly broke her was with the disgraced actor James Franco from an acting movie and his frequent partner in crime, Seth Rogen. They made our foreign-born actress miserable and they did everything they could to break her and get something on her. They tried drugs and they tried sexual harassment. When she didn't break, she knew her days were numbered in acting. She got very few roles after that and was so scared of another experience like that that she welcomed not getting as many offers. And this has kind of been publicly confirmed too that James Franco was like harassing Emma Watson on the set of This Is The End and she walked off the set and they had to get her to come back on and it's really screwed up that in the articles they make it seem like she was being a diva who walked off the set rather than like defending yourself. All right, we have blinds about her being a little woman and that allegedly shocking people. Uh, quote, I think everyone was shocked when this former born whatever, blah, 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 blah. Do you like it when I read all of them or should I just get to the meat of it? Anyway, she is not that great of an actress and gives horrible interviews during press for movies. She is fast becoming to movies what Alicia Silverstone is to TV shows. And that's kind of a common theme throughout these blinds that Emma Watson doesn't really do interviews and she doesn't really like to promote movies that she's in and things like that. We have one from Beauty and the Beast, the foreign-born former A-list, mostly movie actress from a franchise no longer in existence, maybe I'll just say it really quick, is making her co-stars angry, and they have barely started shooting this blockbuster kind of a remake movie which could extend her career. She doesn't like any of her actor co-stars and refuses to record with any of them, so she does it alone, which makes the actors have to work two or three times as many hours as they would have to if she would show up when they were there. This is another blind about her and Little Woman saying another movie, another one where the rest of the cast doesn't get along with the foreign-born A-list, mostly movie actress who was A-list as a teen in that franchise. One movie was not her fault. The rest are feeling... Wait, the rest are her feeling as if she should be treated as the big star she used to be, but she isn't. She has refused to do a lot of new press for a new movie unless she gets bigger perks than her co-stars. And that with, there were blind items about her allegedly being upset that Sorsha Ronan was being uh, treated as like a bigger star than she was on that set. Uh, blah, 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 A-list mostly movie actress can't get any work. None. When your movies don't do well, as long as you promote the hell out of them and everyone likes you, things are all good. Even when you have the history of a huge franchise, if people don't like you, your movies bomb, and you only want to promote a movie under your terms, then you find yourself out of work. All the talks everyone gave to her made no difference, and now she is paying the price. Once her current movie wraps, she thought that she would have a lot of roles being offered. Nope, no one wants to hire her. She says she is taking a break, but the big studios have basically blackballed her because they don't want her out doing press for any of their movies. There's like a fucked up racist one in here. I don't know how I feel about reading stuff like that. Just because if it's a rumor, it was basically saying blah, 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 blah. Um, the foreign born actress might be pro-female, but apparently will never date a man of color. She only wants Lily White. I feel like that's just like fucked up and not true. Please, by the way, know that all of these blind items are rumors. I'm going to say x nay on that one. This is an interesting one. I always like ones about... Um, actors and celebrities not paying their taxes. <laughs> she says it is no big deal, but uh, this B-list movie actress with A-list character recognition is now having trouble getting work, is being investigated for tax evasion and may face jail time. Ooh. I don't know if anyone watched my TikTok video on this, but Shakira has been evading her taxes for years as well. Maybe they'll be in the same jail cell. 
Okay, and this is interesting. This is from a long time ago, but like I love anything that's juicy like this. The foreign born B list, whatever. She is playing with fire right now. The outspoken actress is having a fling with a young married politician from her home country. At least one British tabloid editor is dying to spill the news, but is being held back by their publisher. Let me know if anyone has any juice on who they think that that is. This is an interesting one too. She was dating this rich guy named Brendan Wallace. He was like, he he was a co-founder and like a partner of some venture capital firm. So it says the foreign born former whatever has never quite caught on as a as an adult actress, despite being given at least one big role in Beauty and the Beast. The rich guy she dated dumped her because she didn't like participating in the kind of sex games he enjoys. His new actress girlfriend suffers from none of those inhibitions. Look out for the guy who was always lurking in her background, though he might use the relationship for his gain. There was a blind about her doing coke, <laughs> saying that uh, she was a teen and a long-running franchise that has always been the prim and proper one. So it was fun to see her doing some lines of coke at a party last week. I just imagine Hermione being like, line it up properly. <laughs> I want those lines to be straight. Okay, this one really shook me because it sounds crazy, like I never would have guessed it, but I absolutely, now that I've read it, could see this happening. This is about, allegedly, Emma Watson, Miley Cyrus, and Liam Hemsworth. It says, at a pre-Oscars party this weekend, he's young, super hot, and engaged. This is back, you know, when he was engaged to Miley. To someone also young, also hot, and arguably more famous, but she wasn't with him. Which is why he could focus all of his attention on someone else. A beautiful girl made famous by a franchise who was growing out her hair, while his fiancé currently prefers it the opposite way. They were flirting for a long, long time. All he wanted to do was talk to her and laugh with her, and it was just the two of them until almost the end of the night. They were close to the last ones to leave. I am told he seemed way into her, so much so that if his fiancé was there, she would not have been happy about it. But he probably wouldn't have been like that if she was there anyway. Better that they figure this out now, though, and not after the wedding. They'll say it's a long engagement. If this is how it's going down, though, the engagement might be longer than the marriage. They're just so young. I feel like we've all seen those compilation videos of Liam Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus together and Miley being like fun and goofy and Liam being like, shut up, like be more white bread, be more beige. He should be with Hailey Bieber or maybe Emma Watson. Who knows? All right. Now we're going to move on to Rupert Grint, a.k.a. Ron Weasley. Ronald Weasley! I'm Ron, by the way. Ron Weasley. What was the name of the Harry Potter Puppet Pals? Remember that YouTube video? What a cringe era. We would find like the stupidest YouTube video back in the day and like make it our entire personality for a month. Anyway, Harry Potter Puppet Pals was definitely one of those ones. So there's not much on Rupert Grint, but let's get into some information on him. He's a lot like Ron because he's also the eldest. Well, not the eldest, but... He is one of five siblings, and I just kind of love how alike they all are, you know? Like, Daniel Radcliffe is a little bit tortured but good at heart. Emma Watson is very outspoken and uh, courageous and smart, and Rupert Grint is just, I don't know, <laughs> he's one of many siblings. And he's also kind of, he hangs back, right? Like, he doesn't want the fame, just like Ron didn't. He has been in a relationship with actress Georgia Groom since 2011. They have a daughter who was born in May 2020. In May 2011, with other celebrities, he took part in the Make Mine Milk ad campaign to promote daily milk drinking. 
the absolute chokehold that the dairy industry has on like the celebrity industry, I don't understand it. Remember all of those Got Milk campaigns back in the day where they would paint like a milk mustache on celebrities' upper lip? I remember Taylor Swift was in that. You know what? On my Instagram this week, I will post all of the Got Milk campaigns. I just, what is it? Why is the dairy industry so embedded in Hollywood? So Rupert Grint uh, did think about seriously about quitting the movies, and so did Emma Watson, and so did Daniel Radcliffe. I think it was after the fourth movie they thought about not coming back. And Rupert says, I remember thinking during one extended break, this whole thing is so all-consuming. Do I really want to go back? Maybe it's just not for me. But obviously he did finish out the series. All right, just a few fun blinds about him. We have one from pop bitch saying, which Harry Potter actor has been dabbling with the odd spot of shoplifting? Despite being a regular customer who will happily spend big amounts without batting an eye, they've been sneaking bonus chocolate bars into their pocket when they think no one's looking. (laughs) Okay. We have another one too saying the foreign born B-list mostly movie actor has not done much since his decade long franchise ended. He sure is enjoying the fame that is bringing him while filming out of the country. He has been having so much sex that he has been late to set or leaving early. He really has gone crazy. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like being late to set or leaving early to have sex is like not the craziest thing that I've heard of celebrities doing, but whatever. This one was interesting. Which member of the Harry Potter cast was recently overheard referring to one of their fellow former castmates as that cunt? And that was about Rupert Grint about Emma Watson. Also, when I said that on TikTok, people were like, well, in British culture, calling someone that cunt is like a good thing. I was like, I don't know. If you're British, let me know. (laughs) Is that... Is that like a compliment? I don't know. This one fucking fascinates me. Okay. Okay. This is about Rupert Grant and Blake Lively. What blonde actress spent all of the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one premiere last night trying unsuccessfully to hit on Rupert Grant? Our behind-the-scenes gossip wonders if perhaps the actress was trying to make herself feel better after recently losing out on a coveted movie role, and allegedly Blake Lively was supposed to be in The Great Gatsby. When I read that, I was like, what the hell? I'm like, that's so inappropriate because I was like, (laughs) Serena Vander Woodson is, you know, like in her 20s and Ron Weasley is like six years old. But I looked it up. As of today, Blake Lively is 34 and Rupert Grant is 33. So like they're definitely the same age and it's totally fine. I think I just, I think of the characters too much. All right. And this was a fun one too, saying, which distinctly underage star of a major kid movie franchise has been hit in the clubs in New York? The ruddy teen has magically appeared. (laughs) I can't. Has magically appeared inside the VIP rooms at several hotspots. And that's it for Rupert Grant. I feel like, I feel like those are all fine. You know, you go to a sex club, Blake Lively hits on you, you call someone a cunt. It's like no big deal, (laughs) in my mind at least. Okay, Tom Felton, a.k.a. Draco Malfoy. He started acting in commercials when he was a kid. He read for the roles of Harry and Ron before he got the part of Draco. This next part, keep it in mind because it's going to come up again when we talk about his blind items. He started his official Tom Felton fan club in 2004, and he would go to autograph signing events and things like that. And his fan club was reported to have attracted so many fans that he had to put a temporary stop to people signing up to his fan club. So just keep that in mind. He also does music, which I didn't know. In 2010, he released his original song, Hawaii, and he also has different um, music videos on YouTube under the account 
felt beats. Which is interesting. He was in a relationship with stunt assistant Jade Olivia Gordon from April 2008 until early 2016. And she actually played Draco Malfoy's wife at the final movie. You know that ending scene where like all the characters are grown up and they're sending their kids now to Hogwarts at platform nine and three quarters. She's just like standing next to Draco Malfoy and like kissing the kid on the head. It's cute. So we want to keep in mind before we do the blind items, the fan club thing. Also, like he's been promoting, not recently, I think in the past, but like promoting Fit Tea on his Instagram, which I feel like anytime someone who is in a major franchise is promoting Fit Tea or Detox Tea or supplements on Instagram, to me, it just says money trouble. A lot of the blinds are about him having trouble staying sober and Emma Watson trying to help him with this. So we have a blind saying, the foreign born, whatever, has slid down the list since his franchise ended, has been using the guest bedroom of his higher on the list former actress co-star as our actor tries to stay clean and sober. We have another blind months later saying that he was clean and sober the entire time he was living in the guest room and the bedroom of his foreign-born former co-star. That no longer appears to be the case. We also have blinds about him cheating. It looks like the girlfriend of this former Harry Potter star finally got tired of his constant cheating and broke off their very long-term relationship. They've had breaks in the past because of it, but this appears permanent. Uh, other ones too, the foreign born movie actor from the school franchise let his girlfriend find out he was cheating on her when she saw the naked pictures of his new girlfriend. Oh, the naked girlfriend was with the actor in the photo. So I guess she saw on his phone photos of him naked with another girl. Okay, let's get to the Comic Con blind items. Now, I previously did a blind item video on Tom Felton on TikTok. Which, by the way, you can use the search bar in TikTok, kind of like Google. So if you type in Fluently Forward Tom Felton or like Fluently Forward Draco Malfoy, you'll find the video. Check out the comments on the video literally confirming all of these Comic-Con blind items. It's insane. So let's start with the first one. At this out-of-the-country Comic-Con, I finally found someone who behaved even worse than Norman Reedus. I didn't think it was possible, but this foreign-born B-list mostly movie actor who was in that long, long-running book series turned movie franchise was wasted out of his mind almost the entire time. He hit on every female fan who showed any interest in him at all and was handsy during every photograph. Just a mess. Another blind, speaking of awful behavior, we might have a new Norman Reedus type candidate for the worst behavior at cons, Long, uh, foreign born actor, whatever. He went to a con this past weekend and was a boozing. Take anyone he could find back to his suite and then repeat the process as many times as he could before passing out at night. We've got another one. This former Harry Potter star was at his favorite vacation spot again this week. Drunk as anyone had ever seen him, he was asking every woman he met to go back to his hotel for sex. At the end of the evening, he puked outside the bar before one of the women made sure he made it back to his hotel, but not in his room. And the comment section, because I was like, has anyone ever seen him at a Comic-Con at TikTok? And the comment sections were like, yes, he hit on my friend. Yes, he made us uncomfortable. Yes, he was like openly very drunk and it made all of us like really worried, things like that. So Tom Felton, who would have known? Now, the guy who played Voldemort, his name looks like it's Ralph Fiennes, but I looked up how to pronounce it and it's like 
the opposite of safe. It's like Rafe Fens. Rafe Fens. So he's a famous actor. I didn't know he was until this. I didn't even know who played Voldemort because when they do the CGI of him, they take off his nose. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I've never seen anyone on a red carpet without a nose. So like maybe this guy doesn't exist. He does. He's famous. He was in Wuthering Heights, Schindler's List, Made in Manhattan, Great Expectations, Prince of Egypt, the Lego Batman movie, a bunch of James Bond movies, things like that. And he is a dirty, dirty, dirty scoundrel, allegedly, like half allegedly and then half not allegedly. Okay, so here's what we know for sure, the things that aren't blind items. Um, He met an English actress, Alex Kinston, when they were both uh, students. They dated for 10 years. They got married in 1993 and they divorced in 1997 because he had an affair with Francesca Annis. Uh, They were then together for 11 years and then they announced their separation because he had an affair with Romanian singer Cornelia Crisson. In 2007, he was a part of a scandal. He had sex with a flight attendant in the bathroom on a flight from Sydney to Bombay. Okay. After initial denials from both of them, it was established, and this is on Wikipedia, it was established that they had sex in the plane's lavatory and the flight attendant's employment was terminated. So she got fired because of it. So here's what the flight attendant said about it. She said, while conversing with him during my break, I expressed a need to go to the toilet. (laughs) I went to the nearby toilet and entered it. He followed me and entered the same toilet. I explained to him that this was inappropriate and asked him to leave. He became... Amorous, amorous, that's amore, I don't know, amorous toward me. And after a short period of time, I convinced him to leave the toilet, which he did. I left the toilet a short time later. And then him and his PR people came out saying that he was the victim of a sexual aggressor (laughs) and the flight attendant was the sexual aggressor. So his publicist broke a week-long silence to tell his side of the story, saying she initiated the encounter. This woman seduced him on a plane. She was the sexual aggressor. And then it came out that they did have sex in the lavatory and she ended up getting fired. His blind items paint him out to be a dirty, dirty little rat. So let's get into them. We have a blind item about Carrie Mulligan and Rafe saying that um, Carrie was recently cast. This is about the movie The Dig. She was recently cast in a new movie, but just barely. The foreign-born, A-list, mostly movie actor, Rafe, um, he wanted someone cast who was younger and that he could hook up with. But in the end, one of the supporting actresses is serving that role for him. Now, this next blind item... It's from back in the day, and it's really Riddle-esque, so I'll try to read it, um, and then I'll kind of tell you what it, what it actually means, because it's really weird. So you may, you may remember the story last week about a certain fine British actor who was so obsessed with sex that he took advantage of a 10-minute theater break to indulge himself before returning to the stage with semen caked on his trousers. Actually, the whole thing's a mess. I'm just going to tell you. Anyway, in his career, I'm like parsing the words here. In his career, he was known for being difficult to work with until he came. And then every time after he comes, allegedly, he's like playful as a pussycat. Unfortunately, said milking was required at least three times a day or he would descend into a black rage and be a nightmare to work for or with. Then it says at the opening night of one show, it became clear to those in the know that he was like backed up in the trouser region which is why he was being having snarling responses to journalists so his PR woman 
did the decent thing and took one on the chin, taking the actor into the nearby cupboard and administering a soothing massage, um, basically saying that his PR person would jerk him off. <laughs> this is so fucking weird. So that way he would be nice to reporters and like very easy to work with and things like that. What the fresh hell is happening? We have another blind saying that he was an actor in a franchise that has now ended. In the last couple of years, he filmed a movie in Italy. Allegedly, that movie is called The Bigger Splash. He spent most of his downtime traveling down the highways, having sex with multiple Nigerian women trafficked to the country for this purpose. He bragged about how he would find three or four a night every night during the filming. How fucked up is that? This foreign-born A-list mostly movie actor who is a multiple Oscar winner and nominee tried to charge the tug on his rub and tug. You should know better. You can charge the massage, but you always have to pay cash to the woman doing the sex act. Oh my God. So I guess he tried to charge his massage to like, I don't know, some company that was paying him. Which hash to, which hashtag me to disaster and waiting once ended a one night stand by asking the woman who was getting ready to leave his house if she would mind staying for an extra 10 minutes. So quote, I can piss on your face. Allegedly. What? Oh, ew. This one is so gross. What acclaimed theater and movie actor has a decent sized long but it never gets that hard and it tends to drip with string cheese i'm like gonna be sick this is <laughs> i would rather i think i would rather voldemort than a schlong dripping with string cheese it's like the i would evade a cadaver myself if i ever had to be around that palette cleanser let's do ivana lynch aka luna lovegood she is an irish actress and activist she's vegan i back when i, I was vegan for about two three years and I remember loving that about her because I knew you know every celebrity that was vegan she actually wrote to JK Rowling because she loved the books growing up and uh Joe wrote back to her a few times she developed an eating disorder at age 11. 11 is young. And she was hospitalized several times for anorexia. And she said that the Harry Potter series was the only thing that could pull her attention from this disease. She has also launched a vegan beauty care box called the Kinder Beauty Box. She has a vegan podcast. And she dated her Harry Potter co-star, Robbie Jarvis, for nine years. Also, check out this quote. I, I like this. I relate a lot to her. She says, in a 2014 interview, Lynch mentioned having a devout Catholic upbringing. Quote, I stopped going to mass a few years ago, mainly because I disagreed with the rules. I don't like anything that's about punishing yourself and making you feel bad about yourself. And growing up, I felt bad about indulging myself or doing anything for fun. Mood. Very, very, very relatable. This is also a fun fact. She designed some of Luna Lovegood's jewelry, including the beaded radish-shaped radish earrings um, that she would wear, and she actually made that herself. Um, one of the costume designers says of her, it was an excellent collaboration. She was a very clever kid to work with. We've got two blinds about her. One is whatever, and the other one is fucking interesting. So the first one says, this promising Irish actress was in a huge franchise. She wasn't the star, but she definitely stole some scenes, and she is exactly who readers hoped for when they saw her on the screen. She has had a few chances to really make it big, but she caught up in the partying lifestyle that a few from that franchise were caught up in. After working several times a year, her drug use reputation caught up with her and now she barely worked this next one goddamn 
It's about Prince Harry and Ivana Lynch saying this still wild royal has been hooking up with this former Harry Potter actress she couldn't stop talking about it this week. He sure does love his blondes. Prince Harry, I wouldn't be able to stop talking about it either if I hooked up with the prince. All right, JK Rowling, aka Joe, let's get into her. Some info about her. The first thing I did was... I had to look up how much she was worth. The 2021 Sunday Times Rich List estimated her fortune at 820 million pounds, which I think would like almost be a billion dollars. But then check this out. It says making her the 196th richest person in the UK. Isn't that crazy? This is what always steams me when people are like celebrities or like influencers. Like you need to give back more. And look, obviously I'm a fan of giving back, but it's just like, we think J.K. Rowling is, like, so fucking rich. Just within the U.K., she's the 196th richest person. That's just, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what I, I just think of it in terms of that. Like, when everyone is like, Audrey Peters needs to, like, fucking give back and stop shopping. I'm like, okay, Audrey Peters, right? There are people living in brownstones here in the city that have, like, money that you can't even dream of and, like, are not giving back. But because, like, they're not on social media, you're not going to ask them to. Do you know what I mean? Not saying that, you know, people shouldn't give back. I'm just saying, like, how can she be the 200th? richest person in the UK like who who else is richer than her it's a billion dollars and that's just in the UK that's so much money okay so she writes under the pen name JK Rowling um at birth she had no middle name so she just picked K because she thought it went with J JK <laughs> and she chose K to stand for Kathleen she had to go with the pen name because people thought that she wouldn't that they wouldn't read a book that was written by a woman which I think is true because for years I thought J.K. Rowling was a man just reading the book before I found out who it was. And I always find that interesting. Taylor Swift's mom named her Taylor because she was thinking, oh, when my daughter applies for jobs one day on a resume, Taylor is a name where you don't know if it's a boy or a girl. So she won't be like discriminated against when she's looking for a job. Do you think Taylor Swift has ever made a resume? I don't think she's ever needed to. Now, of course, there's drama with J.K. Rowling and the LGBTQ Wait, oh my God, I was like, did I forget the T for a second? Can't forget the T. Movement, but I have to be honest, I really don't know enough about it to speak on it. But of course, that's something that you can Google. And it is in the blinds that we're going to get to. All right, so the first blind is in reference to uh, this. It's such a cringe article title, but sometimes articles are associated with the blinds. Film producers plan woke Harry Potter series, which would see trans female cast as the wizard's mother amid JK rowling gender argument basically saying that in a future movie there will be a trans female in the movie and the blind says fans of this wizarding book series think that they are sticking it to the author with a recent casting announcement but the fans don't realize is that a the author gets approval on every casting and b the author gets a ton of money for allowing the project to move forward true this is interesting this is about jk rowling and johnny depp about uh fantastic beefs Be beefs <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, saying the foreign-born A-plus list author used every bit of her power to keep the A-list actor in her franchise, but the studio was having none of it, saying that allegedly J.K. wanted Johnny to stay on the film. And then this one is wild. It's about J.K. Rowling and Tony Blair saying this foreign-born A-plus list young adult author once hooked up with the former leader of her country. 
I would definitely spread that rumor. I, th I think I will. I think I'm going to spread that. All right. Then we have an interesting like menage a mess of something going on. So I am going to use the um, character in the movie's names just because I think it that way you'll know who I'm talking about. So Sybil Trelawney, she was like that nutty professor in the movie. She was married to Professor Lockhart in the 90s for six years, but then he had an affair with Bellatrix Lestrange and got together with her instead. So then Professor Tronoli was suffering for a depression and Bellatrix and Professor Lockhart dated for five years after his divorce and then they split up. So that was pretty wild. So Bellatrix, aka Helena Bonham Carter, she has refused to really talk about it other than saying that she was irritated in an interview with the Daily Mail back in 2002 for being portrayed as a homewrecker. And uh, Emma Thompson, who plays the professor, has stated that she has now forgiven Helena Bonham Carter. So that's some adult drama. Now the actor who played Gilderoy Lockhart, Kenneth Branan or whatever, Branham, this is pretty interesting. This is about the three of them saying this actor is A-list. After many years of searching, he finally found the perfect partner. Back in the day, our actor discovered his love of S&M. His first wife, Emma Thompson, had no interest in it at all. And our actor soon found himself in sex clubs and paying escorts to fulfill his fantasies. At the time he began his journeys, he had to keep everything quiet for fear of ruining his career, not so much because of the affairs, but because of his kink. When the internet started launching dating sites, our actor was an investor in one of the first S&M sites. In return for his investment, which has been millions of dollars... He was given special access to the site and the personal information of all the members. Our actor would pick and choose from those he found interesting and would use one of his many profiles on the site to engage the person in conversation and see what would happen. It is the place where he met his current wife. Our actor did find one actress who he had a long affair with while he was married. This is Helena Bonham Carter, a.k.a. Bellatrix. She was A-list at the time and drop-dead gorgeous. She is probably a C-list now, but she still has A-list name recognition. She enjoyed all the role-playing with our actor, but he found her to be too Hollywood and too into herself to be with her permanently. Very interesting. And then Helena Bonham Carter, she was married to Tim Burton. There are some crazy blinds about her. Okay, here's the first one. This foreign-born A-list whatever has some very strange and quirky ones. She has a very strange and quirky habit. She has life-size models of every character she has played and displays them in her bedroom. A man who had sex with our actress said it was terrifying because they are all facing the bed. I feel like that one has to be fake. I feel like that one's just like leaning into her like oddity and writing in a blind item that like could go with it but let me know what you think all right now this one was interesting it's about tim burton and helena bonham carter saying he is diagnosed although not officially with the asperger syndrome and ever since she entered his life she's helping him deal with it so it would not hamper his career and while you might not have immediately noticed the changes in his behavior have been significant. In the early years of his career, he would hardly ever take off his sunglasses, especially when speaking with people. It was his way to avoid making eye contact. I'm like thinking of Johnny Depp now and Bono, like anyone who wears sunglasses. But it says now, whenever he's in conversation or being interviewed, he will make emphasis on eye contact from the start and he won't let go. It's a direct result of her influence. She's made a big issue of it from day one of their relationship. 
And then it also says, another thing people with Asperger's syndrome often have trouble with is physical contact. And again, she's found a way to help or maybe force him to deal with it and overcome this. She is very touchy. Again, if you have a suspicion of who we are talking about, watch pictures or footage of this couple and you will notice there is always some kind of physical contact. Anyway, so I was Googling pictures of Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter to be like, you know, what's up with this? She is always like very affectionate with him. It's very cute. She's always like all over him kind of. Um, I, I like it. I know nothing about Asperger's syndrome. I don't know. I have heard, um, you know, avoiding eye contact is something associated with it. Who knows if this is real? Who knows if it's a blind? Uh, anyway, something that you could look up. That was from the London Centennial as a blind item. All right. And then to end, we have two blind items on Bonnie Wright, who played Ginny Weasley. Uh, there was one about her and Jamie Bauer saying... Yes, the naughty little couple we've told you about before. It looks like they're still on. Our photographer saw them both at a red carpet event last night, arriving separately, of course. They did pose for some photos, but the best part, when they walked into the event, our young cutie was the recipient of a little ass grab. What? What a weird blind item. Okay, Bonnie Wright had her ass grabbed once, I guess. <laughs> And then we have one saying, this former B-list mostly movie actress was in a huge long-running franchise and lived until the end. She yelled at a woman yesterday who thought that the barely 20-something actress looked amazing for 40. <laughs> it was a crazy overreaction for the usually happy foreign-born actress. Someone once in a TikTok comment told me that I look like I'm 90, but in a good way. <laughs> See, this is, you know what? I really emphasize with her because I'm sure she's either a British or a um, Irish uh, actress. And as someone who is Irish, let me tell you, our skin is not the best. <laughs> you could be barely 20, but you do have sunspots and you do have sun damage and you do have wrinkles and it does happen. All right. Woo. That was a little bit of a longer episode. So that is what we have on Harry Potter Blind items. If you want to head over to Instagram, I will be posting a bunch of the things that we talked about here. What was some of the things that I mentioned? Like pictures of Helena Bonham Carter with Tim Burton. Obviously, I'm going to post some of the Harry Potter Equus horse stuff. I just find that fascinating. Emma Watson and her hot tech boyfriend, things like that. I, I wish that podcast had a little bit of a video component sometimes because it's just like always nice to see that. Also, I will be posting about the Harry Potter houses. So let me know which one you are. And you know what? There's four houses. Maybe we can do like fun polls this week where like different celebrities, we like try to guess which type of house they're in. There are some, you know what I mean? Like obviously Jared Leto would be in Slytherin. I feel like Jack Harlow would be in Hufflepuff. I feel like Cardi B would be in Gryffindor. Anyway, so we'll go over all of that. And of course, if you head to fluentlyforward.substack.com, we have newsletters that go out for free every Friday, and those just cover some more of the blind items in depth. So in the Substack for this week, there are some side characters who got in trouble for like cursing at fans and growing pot and things like that. So we're going to cover that in the newsletter if you want to sign up. All right. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you next week with a new episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys. 